Y'all, I have not mentioned this on the show yet. I have not the opportunity to mention it, honestly, but I am nominated for my first award for this podcast. And it's actually me who was nominated, which is like a very big deal to me. It means a lot to me. I'm nominated for Best Indie Podcast Host by the Podcast Academy. So the Podcast Academy hosts an award show every year for podcasts called The Ambies. This year it is in Los Angeles. I will be attending the Ambies where I will find out whether or not I won the award. And even if I don't win, that's okay. But obviously I would love to win if you are a voting member of the Podcast Academy because only voting members of the Podcast Academy can vote in the Ambie Awards. Please, I would love your consideration. Take a listen, take a gander. I hope you enjoy the content. hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy me. And I hope you're down to vote for me for Best Indie Podcast Host. Now let's get into the show. Are you in your old house, your old apartment? No, no, it, it kind of looks like it, right? I'm, I'm in. It uh, does. I'm in this, uh, the our friend of a friend's um house. And oh, we're subletting for a month. Yeah, yeah. Subletting for a month. Okay, so are you going to be here for Halloween? Your, your, you know, oh yeah, your favorite holiday. This Akoya's national. You holiday. know, that's my favorite fucking holiday. Uh, me and Tristan are planning like a kickball game on actual Halloween, like oh, in costume. Oh my god! Yes. Right. <laughs> so you and Raphael want to go, like. Absolutely. Yeah, Rafa loves kickball also. Lo- like, oh my God, how random. Very, very randomly, she loves kickball. <laughs> That's super random. Like, I'm so excited to meet her. She sounds like my type of girl, TBH. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. Anyways, y'all. Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast where we, hold on, I have something to read this time, a podcast where we chat about the seemingly random things large Black groups of Black people go up for. I'm your co-host, Sequoia. And I'm Jordan making a cup of tea right now because, you know, you guys are caffeinated for the, the content. He's in Los Angeles, as a Los Angeles person does, you know what I mean? And today we're going to be chatting about family unions and cookouts. It's a family reunion. Yeah. Who we introduce <laughs> My shit. Okay, but before we get into the main topic of the episode, let's get into in my defense. I have one this week. Jordan, do you have one this week? Um, I do not, but as okay. always, take the lead. Okay. okay. <laughs> and you'll riff. Jordan's a riffer. Jordan is an improviser. If y'all don't know this about him, Jordan's like I ain't never taken out of that groundlings. I never taken out of that UCB. Period. The school of life, bro. <laughs> this comes from being a Negro. Okay. Period. And that's clear. So I'll start with in my defense, and Jordan, you can jump in with your with your riffs as they come for you. So this week, I would like to defend boneless chicken wings. Okay. Because boneless chicken wings, stop <laughs> boneless. You're probably wondering because... how I got myself here, right? <laughs> right. I really debated saying this one because I said, like, you know what, niggas be trying to revoke your black card for all types of shit nowadays, uh, okay. and I don't have time for that. I'm gonna let you speak. I, wanna... I already know I disagree, but I'm gonna let you speak. Thank you. No, you don't disagree. You don't even know what I'm about to say. Okay, so how you already disagreeing? Right. Exactly. Okay. So now a bone in chicken wing is my preferred chicken wing. Okay. If you give me a choice and I can only choose one, I'm always going to choose a good bone-in boy. Now, if you say you can mix and match, though, I'm always going to mix and match. I love a little boneless She don't discriminate. 
I don't discriminate. I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, all, you know, every, all the flavors, all the, the, uh, the bone havings, it's giving ableist. If you're a uh, very anti boneless. Not the woke lib- liberal agenda invading this podcast. <laughs> like, because, <laughs> so what, you, you, you saying you got to have bones to be worthy. I just don't think that that is the truth of the matter. I like my chicken in any way that it comes, except for chicken breast. And that's that on that. It's nothing wrong with a good boneless chicken wing. Wingstop, I get the mix and match option. Boneless, bone in. Lemon pepper, as well as original hot, as sometimes a little barbecue in there too. And that's that. Sequoia, see, Sequoia, you, you're just taking, the, you're sucking the marrow out of life, no pun intended. The marrow out of life. <laughs> you're just taking whatever, all that life has to offer. And if that, if that slice of life, particular slice of life has a wing, has a bone in it or not, you don't care. It don't matter to me. It don't matter to me none. You know, I've had no boneless wings that hit. I've had bone in wings that hit. A, a chicken wing going to hit for me regardless. A strip, a wing, a nugget. It don't matter. It's going to hit. Frankly, Sequoia, if everybody thought like you, we wouldn't have any wars. We wouldn't have racism. We wouldn't have, um, you know, misogyny. We wouldn't have, you know? we'd, 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 wouldn't have any of these problems that we have because, you know, you have an open mindset. You have a bone in, bone bone out, and that's beautiful. And I agree with that statement. If everybody could just take a step back and think, when was the last time you enjoyed a good chicken without the bone in it? Hmm? That you dipped in some ranch, uh, a lot of ranch. You dipped, you actually submerged entirely in ranch, and then oh my god, Ew. and then put it in your mouth. When was the last time that you enjoyed that without having to eat around the bone? It's been a minute, huh? Yeah. So I think we all deserve a ranch-soaked chicken that we don't have to to fight the bone for. And that's my in my defense this week. And I, I Ranch-soaked chicken. Yeah, ranch-drowned chicken, you know. They see, that's where you lost me, but um, I I, uh, I get behind the rest, I guess. Okay, see, see, look at that wasn't so bad talking about you already disagree. So you are a bone-in, all strictly type, type man? Right. Or are you good with... These yardy things, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't do boneless. You know, we, we kill the chicken, we kill the chicken ourselves and we roast it over the fire. You know, we're not like, my mom called me eating a boneless chicken wing. She would smack me all the way back to the island. She wouldn't even, no, we don't do that. Hmm. I respect your open-mindedness. I think that's, that's, you know, this is the West coast, East coast of, of this podcast is that, you know, you're open-minded, you're enlightened. You drink lots of water. Lubricated and moist and hydrated. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. That's where I that's where I reside, you know? <laughs> Sips tea. Sips tea. Oh, okay. In my defense. Wow. Okay. Wow, 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 wow. It always comes to me. It always I just comes lobbed to it me. to you? What happened? What is it? You didn't you didn't lob it to me. You lobbed to me uh, energetically, but uh this okay. one is um this one's coming from uh, me. So I don't know if I've done this one on this show before, but it, it is a thing that if you know me, if you interact with me on the internet, you know that this is something I care about. I like different hats. Sequoia knows I like, you know, I, I wear a lot of hats. I'm a hat person. Uh, about a year ago, let's take it back, guys. I was born in, <laughs> in New Haven. <laughs> Small town boy, born in New Haven, Connecticut, 1995, right? Well, I grew up around in Connecticut, which is, you know, and, New, and Southern Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, which is Kind of the the intersection, a cultural intersection in a way. Uh, this is East Coast uh, cultural school. Thank you, thank you. So 
in New Haven's kind of a cultural intersection in a way because it is it is technically in New England, Connecticut as a state is technically in New England. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. The southernmost state in New England, but it's also only two hours away from New York City. And like New Haven people kind of go two ways. You know, they're like the New Yorky types. And then the people who got like, you know, who straight further east and are kind of like the Boston, Massachusetts, New England got types. It, yeah. And and so growing up, I would really did not identify with the Boston for obvious reasons. Points to skin. Yeah, right. The uh, the Boston New Englandy types thing, and and to make matters worse, when I was ten and nine, uh, the Eagles <laughs> lost in the Super Bowl, and I'm a diehard <laughs> Eagles fan to the to New England Patriots. Which not this being I, traumatizing, a, a pivotal that, yes, point for you. <laughs> a deeply traumatizing <laughs> event. Um, one of the few times I can remember myself crying as a kid. Stop it! Wait, are you joking? You're being serious? No, I mean I've cried. I cried, of course, but like right, I but definitely you, cried. You, you I definitely, did cry. Stop I definitely cried. Yeah, I definitely. Cried. I was nine. I was nine. This was this was everything to me. Okay. It was my life. I had I had the NFL, my GameCube, and like I don't know, algebra, like you know, math class. What like what what did I have? So so I yeah I obviously did not left a sour taste in my mouth about Boston about the Patriots about the whole thing New England the whole thing so like I've I've stayed away but um last year fast forward to last year last summer you know I was looking for a new hat to buy I just just saved my head and like you know your hat size for for my hat head my hat heads out there um you know your head size changes you know it changes your new era fitted size so like you know I was like oh I got a new size <laughs> what, what kind of new hat am I gonna get and then I realized. And and also for my hat, my hat heads will know like the gray underbrim is you know that's that's what you want you know that means it's it's, it's vintage you know that means it's like it's a nineties type. I don't it's, know shit about hats. Clearly, I guess this. right. And so I wanted a nice gray underbrim fitted. It just sounds funny. I can't. <laughs> and so I was like, which one should I get? And then I realized the Boston Red Sox hat is beautiful. Oh. It's a beautiful hat. Is that what you have on your head right? That's now? That's what I have on my head right now. <gasps> Do you see it? It's Jordan, a beautiful yeah. hat. I mean, yeah, no, it, it definitely is a nice looking hat. It, it, the B in it looks like the B from LBC, Long Beach City. That's the oh, type of yeah, font yeah. that it they is. Oh, yeah, they do that little, anyway, like, yeah, yeah old English yeah. font. Yeah. No, it's a it's a beautiful, classic, iconic hat. And, you know, living in New York, everybody's got a Yankee hat. Every, you can't walk a single half block without running into someone in a Yankee hat. Right. And, you know, I... Aquarius that I am, I need to be special. Period. Come on, Aquarius. So like, oh, what do I look like walking around with a Yankee hat on? You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, I look no. like looking like one of these I'm other like, niggas. I'm like not other niggas. And one of these other niggas, no, that's not that's not true. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy a wrestler. Like after years of trauma, I've metabolized the years of trauma and the years of, of Boston aversion. And then on top of that, I was like, there are black people in Boston. I always forget, like Patrick yes. Ewing, famous Jamaican. Came to America, lived in Boston. New edition, Bobby Brown and on them. Yes. You know, smoke Zach in Boston. Right. Uh, you know, there's like plenty of, and then the list goes on. And then I learned, you know, that there's an area in Boston called Fort Hill where they got a Martin Luther King Boulevard. You know, if they got a Martin Luther King Boulevard, it's niggas. You know, it's, it's, it's niggas. It's niggas. Right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's, there's black people there too. Why, why am I like, why have I, you know, like. Why are you so anti Boston? It's unfair to them. Right. Unfair to my my people holding it down in Dorchester and right. all those neighborhoods over there to, uh, to like, you Shout know, to write, write them off. You know, they, yeah. they're black people there. And so I was like, this will be my career mission, having bought purchased this hat. So this, and this is embarrassing. This is a, actually a different hat than the one I just mentioned. Because my hair has since grown, I have braids now. Stop it. So you went and got another Boston hat. I got hat. another hat. I'm um, done. 
<laughs> but uh, but my career goal, career goal of mine, you know, is to reclaim Boston. Okay. For, for us, for us, capital U S. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for us, by and, us, uh, fubu it. For yes. Us, fu- I'm gonna try to fubu it, and so you know, if that means I have to buy another stupid hat, then I will. My in my defense is is Boston and, and subcategory. I guess the Boston Red Sox hat. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? That really turned into something. That was that was that was a moment. We we had ups and downs in that story. <laughs> we had uh, a full character arc. Everything <laughs> there was development, childhood I, trauma. I appreciate the vulnerability that you shared with us on this podcast, yeah. man. You know, uh, this anything for our listeners, you know. And we do have a couple Boston listeners. I can see where our listeners are located. No way. And it's a couple Bostonians listening, which tells okay, me it might be niggas. Bostonians. It might be niggas. They might be happy with this call out. They, might, they just won the Red Sox just won last night. They beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Shout out! Shout out that. And you, up, and you got the hat on. Yeah. And you're not yeah, even on the your, right coast. Go get your little pumpkin donut from Dunkin' Donuts, you Bostonians who listen to this podcast. Ooh, Dunkin' Donuts is... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, that was a good, in my defense. Uh, look, you just be pulling stuff out. Jordan just be pulling stuff out. I don't know how you do it, y'all. Okay. Let's move on to our newest segment, Black People mm. Hate. Okay? Indeed. I was trying to look for a current event that I could peg to this, and I could not find one, but I need to get this off. Black people hate when you say y'all in reference to, like, when you lump them in with something that don't have nothing to do with them. Like, when you be like, y'all be out here doing X, Y, and Z. Black people, y'all... Yeah, that's true. That's we're not, we're that? not a monolith. That's the that's no. the whole thing with this podcast. We're not a monolith. Don't don't you know what I mean? Black don't y'all me. Don't don't y'all me. Don't do nothing mm-hmm. like that. Black people do not like that. And it goes. It's 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 like a a notable thing across all age groups of black people, whether you on Twitter or not. The moment that you say you y'all or we like collective like including one black person that don't have nothing to do with whatever it is that you're referencing you're getting pressed they talking about who is y'all who is y'all who is we right that don't have nothing to do with me don't look at me right black people like to mind their business that goes back to what we said black people like to mind their business don't be trying to insert black people into other people's business talk about who you're talking about don't talk about me in reference to who you're talking about don't talk about me bruh me okay what else do black people hate? I feel like there's something that, uh, that as you know, I've been, there's had to be something I've been hating on recently that, that is, uh, filtered into my world. And that should be easy for you to figure out. I feel like you be, you be hating on stuff. I, I be, wow. You see, you call me a hater. You're like, wow, Jordan, you're really a hater. You're hating on me. You, you gotta have something to talk about. Um, oh, okay. Black people hate. When um sorry, I just pulled the eyelash out of my my mouth, guys. Ew, that was crazy. No, never mind. I'm not even gonna ask how you got the eyelash, guys. It's none of my business. I'm not really sure myself. You know, I'm I'm being peaceful today. I'm 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 keeping the peace, and I'm gonna oh I'm gonna I don't hate anything. Oh okay okay okay. He took a second thought on what he's about to say, and he said, "You know what? I don't, I don't think I'm gonna do that today. I'm not gonna do that to y'all." No, it's okay, not, so it's just not. know, don't be saying y'all when y'all. That's not what that's not what y'all mean. I know black people already know that. But black people still do it anyways, all the time. Black people love to do it to other black people. It's our thing. Y'all need to stop acting. <laughs> right. Y'all love to, that's, that's, niggas love to do that. Okay. Family unions and cookouts is our main topic today. 
And I tried to research family reunions, family reunions and cookouts and figure out where they came from. Couldn't really figure out where they came from. It seems like white people also have family reunions. I didn't even know white people have families. So <laughs> that that thoroughly surprised me to learn that white people also have family reunions. I just assumed that it was a uh, relic of slavery or like that's where it came from. But yeah. it, it appears not to be that. Yeah. So, Jordan, I wanted to know, first of all, does your Jamaican family participate in family reunions? Yeah. Okay. So, yes and no. We have had one before, but it, but I feel like often Black families have, like, an annual thing or, like, at least a, like, semi-regular thing. You know, at least right. Black American families I've heard of, you know, have a similar... We had one in 2004 in Jamaica, and to my knowledge, we haven't had one since or... Be, and like in my lifetime, I hadn't had one before. Um, it was great though. I remember we all went down. I met a bunch of aunties and uncles, like obscure aunties and uncles that I had never met before. Right. You know, and got to see cousins and stuff. Uh, some cousins from the UK came. It was cool. Ooh, okay. But um, in it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in it, in it, bro. in it, in it, bro, Manchester. <laughs> uh, but um, saying <laughs> random shit in a British accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like foosball. I'm not, I'm not even gonna try to say football because I can't even. I don't even. Mm-mm. But uh, no, we do not have a regular family union. Yeah, I, I, we don't. Hi, I'm Kate Casey, an unscripted TV expert. Three times a week, I interview the talent directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docu series, and documentaries. I get all the behind the scenes stories. I cover everything from The Bachelor, Selling Sunset, and Real Housewives to Tinder Swindler, The Last Dance, and Secrets of Playboy. Join me as I ask all the questions that you want asked. And best of all, I'm the most trusted source on what to watch every week. I will give you a guide on everything from true crime and sports to competition, calling from all streaming and cable networks. The best guests, the best shows and series, Reality Life with Kate Casey. And and we don't. And we don't. So what about what about Jamaican cookouts? Like what what Jamaican cookouts hitting for? I know I know Ooh. black people of the diaspora engage Ooh. in cookouts. So what's the yes. cookouts hitting for? We love a good cookout, and you know if if you're at the right one, the proper one, somebody's making jerk, somebody's having a jerk chicken, jerk pork, um on the on the grill, and that shit is you know black. That shit is like grilled, like charred up, <laughs> charred, black, charred, but it's delicious. Um, okay. And then you know, people bring things. You know, bring bring your little oxtail. You bring your little. If it's a breakfast, like every every Christmas, we have a little breakfast, Christmas breakfast, and my auntie will make like ackee and saltfish. I don't know if you know oh ackee. Have you ever had ackee before? I don't think that I've had ackee. Ackee's really interesting. It's like I've learned is I I for years I just was like the thing that I ate. You know, sometimes, but I didn't really think too hard about it. But it looks like eggs. It's yellow. It's this yellow little thing that you cook mm. with like a savory in a savory. Food like any often with pair with salted cod, um, got it. And but it's a fruit. It grows on a tree, and it and yeah, and you like it. It's like the fruit of this like little plant flower thing that grows on a tree. And you don't you're not supposed to pick them until the the flower is fully open. Otherwise, it could be potentially poisonous. Oh, um, oh, that's terrifying. So yeah. is it sweet? No, it's it's like it, it tastes almost like nothing. It's one of those like things that like. It's just more of a textural thing, and it's like it's like a pa- a palate for the, palate the thing you're, your thing you're cooking it with. So like the salt, so is it like a starch? Cod. Yeah, it's a starchy kind of thing. Okay, 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 okay. 
but um delicious nonetheless uh yeah we the, the cookouts are always hitting i think i think we always used to do though when i was a young girl it was my mom and dad went to this high school in jamaica called titchfield school and i think it was some sort of like private school i guess but they have a big presence in like you know the new york connecticut jersey area and they'd have a, a reunion every a cookout every summer in new rochelle new york outside new york city and we'd go every year and i feel like that was like weirdly like a reunion like my mom's sister would go and we'd like see all these old like her their friends and stuff and it felt very like reunion-y but jamaican style but now they got facebook so i don't know if they would be doing that anymore <laughs> you know what i mean facebook especially for the older folks facebook mm. really behaves as the the connector because half of it was them just being like mm, i wonder what brenda up to wow <laughs> for real she have three kids mm, she not look good <laughs> stop it Stop it! She's too skin. She need to. She need to eat. She need to eat. Oh no! Not Brenda. Poor Brenda. We're sorry if you're listening, Brenda. No, I don't. I don't even know. I'm sorry. Mean nothing by it, Brenda. You look great. You know nothing. You look great, Brenda. Um. Yeah. No. Cookouts seem to be like like an overarching thing for Black people everywhere. Mm. Like mm. no matter the ethnicity of the negro we love festivities we love dancing we love, we love eating as a exactly people. i think yeah. that black people are like a collective people like people mm-hmm. of community and like any any opportunity we take to come together as a collective we take that opportunity i also think that we like our safe spaces so we want a place to go where we are not worried about the ever-watching eye of the white and yes. we could just, you know, do what we do, do speak passionately do. and loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, that also seems to be a thing of that the black diaspora as a whole is speaking loudly and passionately. <laughs> well, just like not not like restraining yourself for like your social decorum, you know, not being like, I'm gonna be polite here because you know, you know, everyone's right. like, no, if you if you feel away, feel you feel away. But of course, you know, that that is of course there's some people who like, you know do the thing of white people around let's act a certain way you know that's Ugh. that is certain black people are not immune to that um but that of course it comes from a history of you know being made to feel whatever it's living in a white supremacist society exactly mm-hmm. i just read um mumbo jumbo this book novel by ishmael reed it's so funny i feel like you'd love it sequoia it's from the 70s and um i read it because uh Ishmael Reed just got profiled in the in New Yorker this summer, and he's like in his eighties now. He lives in Oakland, and the book is basically just like the book concept of the book is it's a twenty set in the twenties, and there's a pandemic happening, and it's it's a, a contagious virus, but it's about it's a dancing virus. So people are like dancing and like That's so funny, and like uh and it's like having a good time, and it's called Jess Grew, and it's like it's like a metaphor for like blackness right like like jazz and like you know like just like having a good time yeah. and the like black people like getting down and so the white establishment is trying to stifle this uh pandemic and of like course. and and the book is just about like uh these like white people from the secret order of like white people who like uphold western society are trying to like stop this thing from spreading and it, and, it, and like he like mixes in um african uh like vo- voodoo and he mixes in african um like uh spiritual like histories into it like he talks a lot about um what's mm-hmm. his name like this religion that comes from egypt where like it's all based on like people like having parties and listening to music you know like it's like about mm. like festivities or like a part like a core part of like you know this religious kind of like ideology um right. and like he basically just positions like black people like to have a good time and like the white establishment is the one who's telling us that we're supposed to act a certain way and sit still and you know not and like you know and not be human you know not be human. 
Period. It's just a very funny book. And it's it's like all like it's all in like vernacular too. He's like just writing in like you know. Ooh, slang wait, this sounds stuff. fun. I'm text me the name of that. I'm a, I'm probably texting you actually for the name of that because yeah, I have a Kindle and I'm trying to get what I get on my Kindle, get the most out of it. Yes, I can see how that one goes. Um, okay, question for you: Have you ever brought a non-black person to your cookout? Wow, good question. I want to say no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have. I'm always wary of that. You know. Yeah. What do you think would happen if you did? Like, how would your family react if you did? Okay, I've seen it in action. I've I've seen. Okay, I have, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. I have I have cousins who are uh, may have white partners. Okay. And they got to no nobody's nobody's uh is gonna be tailoring Outwardly their behavior. Rude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or tailoring, tailoring their behavior right. to, to this to, to a, this new uh, guest. So right. like they just got to get with it or get lost. I think is kind of the the energy. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you about the time that Garrick's family has like uh like cousin night or whatever? Mm-hmm. And one of the cousins brought their white partner to cousin oh night. Gosh. And when I say they grilled this man just like in a circle damn near for like 15 full minutes, just straight at him. Where's Guyana on a map? <laughs> he was <laughs> able to answer all the shit they asked him like questions about like jazz music they asked him like all types of stuff i'm like oh um, my screaming. god <laughs> they made him run the gauntlet it was so crazy and what was really wild is that he could answer every fucking question and i said absolutely let's go he was <laughs> oh my god wow he's like recite all the words of finito by chief keith <laughs> 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 Whistle the tune of it right now. <laughs> Give me the first few bars of Peter by Chief Keys, okay? How old was Chief Keep when he released his first <laughs> single? <laughs> oh my God, that shit was so funny. But yeah, no, I'm always like worried when I think about I brought my roommate to like black stuff and it's been like extremely fine. Like it's been nothing. Mm. But I've always been worried like if I were to date a non black, which is very unrealistic for me. But if I were, my family would definitely do some shit like that. My family is definitely on the, hmm. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so where are you from, Conrad? Right, right. So, yeah. So what's, what's Huntington Beach like, Tyler? <laughs> right. Extremely that. Very much that. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't live like this. Okay. Have you ever brought a significant other to the cookout? Uh, actually, kind of recently, yeah, I, I, uh, Raphael. I brought Raphael to, to uh, my little cousin, Soleil. Hey, shout out, Soleil. Hey, Soleil. Oh, yeah. I was with party. you earlier that day, right? Oh yeah, 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 you were, and and um in Connecticut, and uh they were they had a great time. You don't control your family members' politics, you know, like so, like oh my god, so you're just sub subject to like you know what they think, and like I have you know family members who are just like, is Jordan's partner attractive in a very conventional way? You know, that's like that's all they pre- they seem to really care about, you know, like mm-hmm. so, like yep. <laughs> I have one uncle who just like veteran was like. Very beautiful. Nice to meet you. Very beautiful. You're very beautiful. <laughs> and that's all that was. That's all the approval that he was looking to give. He didn't care about nothing else. He yeah. said beautiful. Love that. Boom. Yeah, great, 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 great. Right. And it's, I imagine the same way when you're bringing, bringing up, inst- instituting mixed company, you know, like I'm sure it's the same thing. It's just like, to what school do they go to? You know, what do they, what do, they do? Do they make money? You know, how right. do they look? <laughs> It's all that, and I, I imagine it's like turned up a degree when it's a person who's white, you know, because it's like the bar is a little higher, right? You definitely looking at them a little sideways to start off with. You already a little, 
Hmm. Right. And you're like, I didn't know you spoke Caucasian. Huh, <laughs> right. Woman. How y'all communicate? Sequoia, Sequoia, you speak right. Caucasian. <laughs> Come here. How you talk to this nigga? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. So that's what you was learning at that school, huh? Oh, that's why you went to school, huh? You went to school to go get one of them? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You were learning Caucasian at that school. Right, you was learning white at yeah. that school. Okay, okay. And back in my school, they didn't. We we only had Spanish and um and English Spanish. class. The way all black people love to call Latino Latinx people Spanish is so funny to me. I don't know why that tickles me. Just everybody is from Spain. Everybody is Spanish. Or in anyway. LA, I feel like everybody is Mexican. Oh, 100%. Oh, oh, oh. Like the blacks, the Mexicans. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Everybody who speaks Spanish is Mexican. Even if you are black and you speak Spanish, you are Mexican, Mexican in Los yes. Angeles. Okay? You could be from Belize. You could be from Guatemala. It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Like, you're, you're, they're going to call you Mexican. Mexican. Okay. Now, I don't know how this works in a Jamaican context. Okay. But... And I'm, I feel like I don't have to explain to you, but in Black American context, the age of the person on the grill is really important. The age and the attire of the person on the grill is really important. If you are under the age of like, let's say like forty, hmm, it's a little, it's a little questionable. Don't I don't know. Yeah. If you don't have on that Jesus sandal, that grill sandal, that cookout sandal, I don't know. It's a little questionable. If you uh, don't have a beer, if you if you're not a little drunk. It's a little questionable. I don't know. The same rules apply. I think I think these are, you know, if I can't see the corns and the bunions on your feet through your leather strap sandals, give me the tongs. I'm handing Where, them to somebody give else. Give me the tongs. Where is tongs and, and, and bunions? Where is it? Right. I Where's need to the see bunions. No, that's they. It's a no go. Yeah, they need to be a little drunk for sure. I think you're right. I think I think that's where the flavor comes from. People talk about cumin. People talk about gosh, bonnet pepper. People talk about all these different <laughs> seasons. It comes from the beer in their hand. Not scotch bonnet, bonnet pepper. They're embo- it is emboldening them, you know, to to cook their best meal. My name is Tom Buck, and this is the Enthusiasm Project. Join me each week for deep dives exploring the world of what it means to be an independent creator on YouTube, starting your own creative business, and keeping a positive, enthusiastic mindset along the way. New episodes of The Enthusiasm Project are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. That's, that's the love that they talk about. We're talking about made with love, what they really mean is made with beer. Made with beer. Mm-hmm. That's what they're really yeah, doing there. I don't know what the deal was. I, 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 like, you assume that um, family reunions were, like, some sort of uh, descending from some sort of, like, slave tradition and i have to imagine i mean we we could do a little digging here but i have to imagine like you know especially for black people in america that was a thing like having having a family and a linear a lineage um to call your own was a thing that was not you know within their right for so long you know like but on on plantations stuff like that it was like common practice it was a strategic practice for slave owners to um to separate families you know to like to to take their kids away yep it was like it was like a yeah it was like built into the to like their like how they ran their their the plantation of slavery. Yep. yeah and um and so like I, it would make sense then that like for liberated Black Americans that that having a family and being able to call yourself a family being able to to like own your own line, lineage in that way would be something of particular importance a hundred percent and as I was researching mm-hmm. as I was researching for the podcast I saw that there are 
like family societies, and this is how I knew that it was white people that they were referencing here. There are fam <laughs> familial societies that mm. fund their family reunion and stuff like that. And I'm like, familial societies, that's giving very much crest. Like you have a family crest energy, which is giving very much slave owner feels. Yeah, tell me more about these familial societies. I, right. I needed, I didn't even click into the link. You know, I got a little yeah. blue line you can click in and find out. I said, you know what? That that doesn't you know, seem like something I want to get into. This is this is the wall I'm imposing on myself. Yeah. I'm going to stay my black ass over right. here right. where Sisters my family reunions. The, right. Sisters of the War of Northern Aggression. You know, we are descendants of the the not the Sisters of the War of Northern Aggression. When we when our family was accosted by the Union Army in the War of Northern Aggression, uh, we decided to form the society to preserve our lineage because we, <laughs> as a proud Southern people, understand that it's not about who you are <laughs> or what you are, so long as you are white. Right. So long as you own others, okay? So That's... long as you are a white man. Um, so, yeah, we think it's important that we have this here society <laughs> to uh, let people know that, you know, where we stand. Jordan, I you saw this I mean? tweet that said, there was a tweet that said, it was like, I just want, I want just one nigga, nothing more, nothing less. It was like, obviously, a girl talking about wanting a boyfriend. And somebody quote tweeted it. It said white people and <laughs> poor, it said, it said poor white people in 1856. The no. way that I fucking <laughs> oh my god and that's why i can never delete that app because it's yeah. the fuck funny that was funny, funny to me yes. <laughs> i just want um. one nigga screaming <laughs> 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 um yeah I've, I've also been reading um what's it called uh black jacobin just like the this my friend was highly recommended to me um it's by clr james he was like this like i think trini guy in the in the early 20th century um uh, but he wrote about the of uh, the San Domingue revolution the Haitian revolution mm-hmm. um in in the 30s and it, it basically just like is a, a history of like the like right before the fall like right with the the interact slave interaction and after um mm-hmm. and I'm only in the beginning of it but he, yeah he talks about like how most of the people who really were latching onto slaveholding were like the middlemen were like the poor white people because they were like this is how I distinguish myself from right. from being one of them, and right. back in France, back in Italy, I'm just a, I'm just a poor guy, but here I'm not black, and that's I'm important. Done. Yeah, wow. And so well, and mean... so it's really interesting. And like the, another part, like strange, funny thing he like writes about is how because the French people got there and like couldn't stop raping and sleeping with their slaves, there were so many mixed black people, and after a certain point. The mixed black people had like were able to buy like buy their freedom, or like some of them were were granted their freedom mm-hmm. and like bought up land, and it became a thing that was making the French people so anxious. They're like, "Wow, there's a lot of like black, half black people with uh some with a lot, lot of land, mulattoes out yeah, here, yeah. or as, we, or as what, mulatto says, a lot of lottos around here, a lot of lottos out here. Right. What are we going? <laughs> what are we going to do about that? So they started making all these rules, being like, if you are eighth black, um, that means you can't have a party." Um, if you have that, that means I better not see y'all together in the same room. If you if you were quarter black, that means you can't be wearing clothes after Sunday. Like they were just making all these random rules because they were so anxious about all the half black people because they knew the revolution. They knew like as if anything pops off, they're gonna be with their black brothers and right, sisters. They're not gonna be with of us. Course. Yeah. 
Oh, look at it's aren't y'all not embarrassed? Look, look at how look at how that looks. It's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Y'all look you They're look like, silly. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, I mean, but you were right. There was there was the revolution. So I mean it did happen. Um, so yeah, I think I think black people like family units and cookouts because again, it's just a space where we get to collectively be ourselves. We like community as a people. We are people of community. We I feel like black people often put themselves or put the collective above themselves. That's like a a very black thing in general. I feel like community above selfhood. Yeah. And cookouts and family reunions give us the space to do that. And black people love mm-hmm. that shit. And that's that on that. That's you boom, have closing boom, boom. thoughts, Jordan? And you bang, have, bang, you bang. have closing thoughts, period? Okay, closing thoughts, closing thoughts, closing thoughts. Okay, listen, guys. <laughs> um, if you're a black person, chances are you've been out on a summer day. Let's say it's July. Air is crisp. The night is night is uh cool. You see a hot young thing across the park. Frankly, Be- Frankie Beverly and Mays is um is playing, you know, and uh, you have a little uh, Heineken in your hand, and um, you have a plate chock full of, you name it, mac and cheese, you name it, ribs, <laughs> <laughs> the works. <laughs> and you know what you feel? You feel at home. And um, that's really all I have to say about that. You know, that's all I have to say. And scene. Uh, I've been spending the semester at Juilliard, you know, we're perfecting my monologue. So uh, Jordan came to Los Angeles, came back to Los Angeles to pursue his acting career um, mm-hmm. and, and right. to obviously sign up for UCB and, you know, do yeah. the whole improv the whole scene. Thing. So, yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, catch him on the big and small screen coming soon. <laughs> but I think this has been I think this has been it for this episode of Black People Love Paramore. Before I go, I want to tell y'all, please rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts if you're going to give it five stars. I see one of you motherfuckers gave us four stars. And wow. just when I said, don't do that shit. Don't play with me like that. You want to play with me like that. Anyways, they leave a I comment don't. where they're like, wow, this is mid. No, no comment. They ain't even leaving no motherfucking comment. They just go ahead and hit the four stars and kept it pushing. I see you. I'm on to you. Listener, write in. Let us know what we could do to get that fifth star. That's all it is. Just write in. Okay, write see, in. Jordan nicer to me. Jordan nicer to me. Give, give, us some, um, give us some constructive feedback. And then once you do, take it back. And give us five stars. Take it back and give us our fifth star, okay? So exactly. please rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us questions that you have for us or topics that you think we should cover at blackpeopleloveparamorepodcasts at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media at BPLPpod across all of the platforms. Uh, we also have a YouTube. You can listen to our podcast there if ever that is uh, important to you. There's no, you can't see us nevertheless, even on YouTube, but it's on there. Um, yeah, that's it for me. That's it for me as well. Because I had a lovely time listening to this. Uh, You know, you had a lovely time because you're in Los Angeles and you're just feeling lovely. There's like, you know, an Mm -hmm. abundance of daylight still outside right now. It's Mm -hmm. really 847 where you're normally at, but it's 547 right now. You know, it's it's feeling good for you. And I I love that for you. Um, We'll see y'all next time, y'all. Bye. Peace.